Ruth Bader Ginsburg is dead, as are any winged creatures who dare to enter the airspace above the grassly farm. <laughs> Welcome to Rock Hard Caucus. <laughs> uh, my name is Justin. Tonight I am joined by Evan. Yo. And someone we refer to as the ringer of Rock Hard Caucus, which is <laughs> Stella Hart. Hey, happy to happy to be back. Um, you know, I hadn't thought about it in quite that juxtaposition, but do you think Ruth Bader um, Gins Pigeon, do you think that was her <laughs> anthropomorphized form <laughs> dying <laughs> and landing on the Grassley farm? There's definitely mm-hmm. a connection, some kind of soul bind between the two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is what it sounds like when pigeons cry. <laughs> so, like, Chuck Grassley is some sort of, like, messenger then? I don't know. Seems pretty far-fetched. Well, I think I think she died before the pigeon. Although it's possible it may have been around the same time because Chuck just found the corpse of the pigeon. We don't really know the time of death. True. I don't know if there's been an autopsy yet, uh, but I do know well, that... Uh, <laughs> Of the pigeon. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Grassley, Senator Grassley, I think he said uh, no life at all. So he's he's given his professional opinion. It's yeah. definitely dead. I wouldn't be surprised if the pigeon died at the same moment as Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, it's kind of like, do you remember when um, was it like John Adams and Thomas Jefferson died at the exact same, like on the exact same day? I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> or, okay, here's a better joke. Chuck Grassley serves, he's the, he sits on the Supreme Court, like, confirmation committee, right? In the Senate? Yeah, the Judiciary mm-hmm. Committee. I think the pigeon is definitely a sign from Ruth Bader Ginsburg, one of our most pigeon-like justices. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that as a woman, so. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't dare go there, but <laughs> but go off. <laughs> Actually, no, I called you The Ringer a minute ago. Uh, did anybody else read that book, uh, The Ringer? Yeah. With the W? The Ringer. Yeah, and that was about ringing yeah, the necks of pigeons. <laughs> it was pigeons, right? That the child was forced to kill? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah exactly. interesting young adult novel huh? yeah that's a bad one kind of you know similar to the the giver to just super fucked up reading material yeah so i think it's like a, the ringers are kids who are trained to go out and ring the necks of pigeons that aren't killed in some sort of um like shooting festival oh, okay. yeah festivity. it's like some sort of some sort of game shooting and the children have to murder the survivors at the end. Yeah, they all must die. Interesting. I never read this sadistic book. Jerry Spinelli, I think, was the author's My name. My childhood was very pure, actually. <laughs> Just uh, watching NASCAR. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and going on the internet and only the very clean, sanitized versions of the internet. Yeah, you had a net nanny to keep you uh, keep you Yeah, alive. exactly. <laughs> hanging out on neopets.com all day oh dang i actually was on neopets (laughs) (laughs) justin and i were too busy reading uh newberry honor uh winning books 
Yeah. Yeah, I've actually read neither of these. I, I didn't read The Giver e- either, which I hear is like... Really? I could get uh, fiercely reprimanded in certain areas for that. <laughs> <laughs> that was required reading in seventh grade for me. Yeah, but not for yeah. me. Uh, it's your standard dystopian story. Mm-hmm. It's a whole genre in young adult fiction. Did you guys ever read Feed? <laughs> no, but... No. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds ominous. <laughs> is it about, like, pigs or, like... <laughs> <laughs> that would um, stay on track with our grassley farm um, conversation, but no, it was actually about the near future, the near dystopian future, where young people, as they're born, are, like, injected with some sort of technology that allows them to like have an a internet feed that's like displaying products in their brains as they go Ooh. about their lives. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, that sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I do have a, a lot of material prepared for today's episode. So That's I good because think... you can't use anything that we just talked about. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're nice and warmed up now. So uh <laughs> We've done the the usual uh, covering all of the books we read as children, and <laughs> this is just how we how we get into it every every week. We don't really do a weekly episode, so I can't say every week, every non-standard unit of time. Uh, <laughs> God willing, and the creek don't rise, or <laughs> there's a derecho. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So, as people are probably aware, over the past month or so, we've we've kind of been stunted in our... <laughs> the growth of the podcast has been stunted. <laughs> we haven't been able to record as often as we would have liked, so a lot of news stories have kind of come and gone without our commentary, so the world has suffered as a result. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason for all the suffering. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're going to try to catch up a little bit. On that, so we're going to be covering some recent news, and I'm going to present to my friends here one of the worst opinion pieces that has ever been written. But I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, so let's just get into these news stories. Uh, you may remember, I think this was around uh, when the COVID pandemic began. We read a news story about a guy named David Greenspawn. You guys remember this guy? I remember the name, but honestly, no. <laughs> it was like six months ago. <laughs> Uh, this was the guy who got some like no bid contracts to produce um, PPE. Oh, and, stuff and like he that. had the allegation against him that was pretty bad, right? Like he uh, assaulted a woman in his yes, mansion. that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also has a history of like producing campaign yard signs or whatever for Republicans in Iowa. Interesting thing, Greenspawn is actually what's happening to all of the uh, rivers and streams in Iowa. Greenspawn? Yeah, there's like green algae that's like bleeding out all of the life in these uh, little like rivers and like inlets and shit. Is that uh, spelled spawn like the comic book character? Yeah. That kind yeah. of spawn? Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but like the Des Moines Waterworks is not able to take water from the Raccoon River right now, like because... There's up. so much green toxic algae in there that they're not yeah. able to treat it. And it's like it's because of all the fertilizers, like nitrates and shit that get into the water and that shit mm-hmm. just like feeds on it super hard. Yeah, that is a serious ecological problem in our state. Just a lovely Side problem bar. that we're always dealing yeah. with. <laughs> uh, but to differentiate, <laughs> this this green spawn is green like the color and then S-P-O-N. 
and he made the news again recently. Uh, this is from last month now, but um, are you sure it's not pronounced Green Spoon? Well, it's only one O. Green Spoon. But I'll pronounce it <laughs> Green Spoon for the rest of the episode if you'd prefer. <laughs> That's much more, yeah, whimsical, you know. Yeah, yeah. you know what? I would prefer that. <laughs> the story needs a little whimsy, so I'm gonna go forward with Green Spoon. <laughs> So this was uh, published by Iowa Starting Line uh, on August 11th uh, by Pat Reinard. The headline is, Iowa GOP donor under scrutiny investigated for prostitution, possible child pornography. So Mr. Greenspoon is uh, worse than we may have thought. (laughs) Dang. Or exactly the same. (laughs) (laughs) About as bad as we anticipated. Um, that the way that headline is written is so poor. It sounds like he was arrested for soliciting himself. Right. He he was on Backpage. He was you know advertising his his wares. Yeah, that's outdated. I know Backpage has been gone for a long time, but (laughs) I don't Mm. know what's what's come up in its place. (laughs) Uh, same old social media, Snapchat, probably. Yeah, I I don't know. Yet the yellow pages. Yeah. <laughs> just, no, more like the just the internet, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Massage parlors, I think. That's what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Anytime you see a massage parlor where you can't see inside, like where the windows are covered up, that is a location for trafficking. But that's been that way forever. Yeah. I mean, how can you tell the difference between human trafficking versus your local... You know, happy ending as American as apple pie massage therapy center. <laughs> well, that's not trafficking, certainly. <laughs> no. <laughs> trafficking in a good time. <laughs> a well-connected Iowa Republican donor whose no-bid contract from Iowa for Chinese PPE supplies drew scrutiny earlier this year has since faced an expanded investigation from police. I don't think that was a properly constructed sentence, but you get the gist. Yeah, and he had no prior... Ex- the scrutiny was that he had no prior experience whatsoever dealing with like any sort of <laughs> medical, pseudo-medical... I mean, they were... The contract yeah. said non-medical, but, you know. Yeah. It was like items that he had never procured before, but the only reason that they... Well, you know, he was a campaign donor, first and yeah, foremost. It's clear but he anyone... knew some people in China who could make manufacture cheap shit for him. So Right. It's the connections that they refer to that are the reason he got that contract. According to court documents obtained by Starting Line, West Des Moines police requested a search warrant for one of David Greenspoon's social media accounts, concerned he may still be involved in prostitution or sex trafficking, and may possess child pornography. On May 29th, the department petitioned to obtain data from Greenspoon's Snapchat account. (laughs) Dang it, hold it. Fuck. Fuck. Uh, They give give his Snapchat uh, username here, and it's (laughs) Buddaboy. He's a boy? uh, B-U-H-D-A-H-B-O-Y. Buddaboy. That was their first clue something nefarious was taking place. (laughs) So the West Des Moines Police Department, uh, they petitioned to obtain data from his Snapchat account, Buddaboy, for additional evidence of criminal activity. The action stems from an investigation into Greenspoon's assault of a woman at his home in West Des Moines 
uh, Glen Oaks neighborhood on November 25th, 2019, which is what we talked about last time this guy came up. Uh, He was ordered probation in July for the attack that resulted in a broken tooth and rib injuries for the woman that he claimed was drunk and refused to leave his house. Uh, And they've got a quote from him here. This is from the police report, and this is what uh, Greenspoon told the police officers. Did I beat her up? No. Did I slap her twice to try and get her senseful? Yes. And there's a video that shows him kicking and hitting the woman. So he's a real piece of shit. Yeah, he she recorded it, right, as it was happening, if right. memory serves. Yeah. Yes, I believe it was uh, from her cell phone, yeah. Just probation, too. I wonder if someone with, like, you know, different means, you know, less influence connections would have gotten the same same deal. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just probation for, like... Yeah, beating someone up on video. <laughs> Uh, during the course of that investigation, West Des Moines police executed a search warrant for his house and cell phone. Greenspoon refused to give police the password for his phone, but they were able to view some of his apps before the phone locked out, <laughs> and they later retrieved more data with help from the Iowa Crimes Against Children Task Force computer systems. They saw an app on his phone that said Dark Web, <laughs> and they are <were> like... <laughs> D- easy dark web for free <laughs> app. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of dark jokes you can make there, but I'm just going to hold back for now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will say uh, refusing to give your password to cops is probably a good move, but yeah, this guy's clearly, you know, not somebody that I'm, I'm going to go to bat for. Several of the text conversations, uh, quote, led the officer to believe that Greenspoon is paying for sexual services from various women. Uh, Greenspoon had already been arrested in a prostitution sting in 2015. (laughs) So he's got a history. I think that probably came up last time we talked about him as well, but it's worth reiterating. West Des Moines Police Department analyst Jeff Beatty advised me that there were numerous images of women in the nude on his device, uh, Detective Chris Morgan wrote in his report. Uh, I'll just interject here to say that alone is not a crime. Shocker. (laughs) Uh, Analyst Beattie advised that he had a concern that some of the women Greenspoon is communicating with may be girls under the age of 18. I will interject again to say that this is a crime. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Analyst Beatty advised that he had seen a text conversation on Greenspoon's device in which there is a message from a mother advising Greenspoon to stop talking with their daughter and to not contact that number again. Gross. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I'm trying to just like picture how this all went down. So they grabbed his phone. They had a warrant to seize it. And before it locked up, they just like checked, you know, kind of scrolled through things. And then it locked up, and then he wouldn't give them the password. That's what it sounds like. Like they they had access to like some messages, and mm-hmm. then the phone locked out. But they have a special crimes against children computer that lets them bypass <laughs> some of the security protections. That's that's what it sounds like is being mm-hmm. pieced together in this story. Uh, After getting a search warrant in January to examine Greenspoon's phone further, the detective found quote, some images and videos on the phone that, quote, 
do appear to be of females under the age of 18, but post-pubescent. Oh. <laughs> what? Yeah. Is that even relevant? He's like, <laughs> oh boy, but they were post-pubescent. Right. Like, it's like they're trying to exonerate him already <laughs> because he's a Republican Don't worry. Donor. Don't worry. They were pubescent. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a pedophile. He's an ephibophile. <laughs> yeah, you know, that exactly. old thing. <laughs> Didn't, didn't realize cops uh, really cared about that distinction. <laughs> I'm sure they do in certain cases. <laughs> um, all cops are their favorite novelist is Vladimir Nabokov. <laughs> cops don't read books. <laughs> uh, there was also concern from investigators that many of the nude photos that Greenspoon had of various women that were at his house were taken by hidden cameras without their knowledge. The warrant application oh, noted that uh, <laughs> during a February 2018 theft report that Greenspoon had filed regarding a female guest, Greenspoon had told police that he had numerous cameras throughout the house and advised that he had captured the theft on video. <laughs> also a crime. Yeah. Uh, specifically mentioning he had a camera in the bathroom that showed the woman taking a gold bracelet. Oh. <laughs> Oh, wow. Interesting. Is that is that slang for some kind of uh, <laughs> urine act? Yeah, the gold bracelet. Gold bracelet. <laughs> I don't think so. It's very specific. It's when you just urinate on your partner's wrist. It's pretty much self-explanatory. It's what you'd expect. <laughs> yeah. It's the most sexual part of the body is the wrist. <laughs> When police first visited during the 2019 assault investigation, they noticed a large server cabinet believed to hold a surveillance system in his basement. Uh, wasn't there a famous musician that had an operation like this? Hidden cameras in his bathroom. Shit, I can't remember who it was. A musician? Like an early rock and roll guy. Mm, I'd believe it. They're all creeps. Oh, it's Chuck Berry. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Remember yeah. Chuck Berry's name. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I had never heard of that. That's really interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he liked to spy on women when they used his bathroom. There was a landlord in Iowa City who got caught doing that, having, you know, cameras installed in a lot of his rentals so he could watch his tenants in the restroom. God. I feel like you hear yeah. stories about that all the time. Yeah, I think there was another guy in, like, Cedar Rapids. I don't even know if he was, like... He wasn't even, like, an employee of the bar, I don't think. But he, like, set up a hidden camera or some shit. Man. Ugh. That is a nightmare. Like, a landlord that set up hidden cameras in, in your yeah. apartment. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are images on his phone that show various women completely nude or partially nude in his bed, in the bathroom, and other parts of his home. These images appear to have been recorded with... Uh, hidden cameras in his house and it appears as if the women do not consent to being on video or having their pictures taken the report read greenspoon's phone also showed that he frequently used websites like see th this is where i was behind on the uh the current apps and websites used for this kind of uh activity <laughs> websites like seeking arrangements and sugar daddy meat <laughs> i don't know if those are the most popular ones <laughs> Seeking arrangements I have heard of. Uh, Sugar Daddy Meat, that one is new to me. <laughs> I do want to clarify, how is meat spelled? <laughs> M-E-E-T. 
Gotcha. <laughs> I suppose I'm not really in the target uh, user base. Yeah. For sugar daddy meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not quite sugar daddy status. <laughs> uh, and he used many text apps like Text Me and Kick that are often used to send messages that don't show up or get recorded on cell phone records. Oh. My dude's on Signal. I also saw a message on Greenspoon's device that read, Sugar Daddy to the rescue. I take it you're not coming to Tampa. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess he has a residence in Tampa also. I feel like that That's is such an evocative... not surprising. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doesn't every one of these guys have a residence in Tampa? <laughs> this guy belongs in Tampa. That's such like I feel like that's like a self-contained short story in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. Sugar daddy to the rescue. So I guess we, I won't see you in Tampa, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could definitely get that down to seven words. <laughs> <laughs> I came across numerous messages and conversations between Greenspoon and numerous other women in which there is discussion of money exchanged for sexual services. Greenspoon requests nude images of women while making payment arrangements for sexual services. The report continued. Greenspoon also then sends the images he receives to friends. These payments range from a few hundred dollars to at least one instance where Greenspoon agrees to pay $5,000 for a few hours of sexual services from the female half. They they refer to the other person the in the conversation female as half. the female half. Yeah, I think that person. I mean, more than half. They're getting five thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think it was half of a female? And if so, which half? Which half went to the appointment? They're getting the better deal out of this situation. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Good for good for, good them. for that female, yeah. right? Like <laughs> that... if you have to hang out with this guy, I hope you get at least five grand. Mm-hmm. Fuck him. What a creep. Sending I mean, it's one thing to ask for, you know, photos in exchange for money, whatever. But sending them along to your friends if that yeah. person hasn't like consented to that, that's pretty gross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I'd say that the $5,000, uh, I mean, she deserves some hazard pay as well, given this guy's history. <laughs> right. Ugh. Probably like time and a half or something. Time and a half for <laughs> the female half. Mm-hmm. I wonder, Do you think it was the bottom half or the top half of her? <laughs> <laughs> Not touching that one, sorry. <laughs> Seeing that those conversations happened on Greenspoon's Snapchat account, they then sought to obtain more information from the social media company. So they're going directly to Snapchat with this one. Dear Snapchat, we politely request information about your user, Butter Boy. <laughs> <laughs> we believe Butter Boy has been uh, engaging in illicit, illegal activities with female halves. And <laughs> is, is it Buddha Boy? Uh, I don't know. B u h d a h. I would pronounce that butter. Hmm. Well, I, I mean, I, his intent. Maybe he's Maybe he's, he's really into yeah. Buddhism. <laughs> Maybe he's like spiritual. <laughs> yeah, we underestimated him. He's very spiritual, but not a good speller. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't seem to practice uh, the teachings of the Buddha. <laughs> And I don't think he reads books, like I said, about the cops. Uh, So I don't know. (laughs) 
Uh, Based on the observed data, I have concerns of possible child pornography, uh, Greenspoon being involved in prostitution or human sex trafficking or other illicit sex-driven criminal offenses, the detective concluded. Uh, And then they recap here that Greenspoon owns Competitive Edge, which is the uh, company that provided yard signs and stuff like that for Republican campaigns here in Iowa. Uh, I guess Greenspoon once briefly attracted national media attention after pressing then-President Barack Obama on taxes and business regulations at a Des Moines event in 2012. So he had his uh, Plumber Joe moment, I guess. It's Kevin Bone. Or Joe the Plumber. I guess that's what they called him, not Plumber Mr. Joe. President, how can I continue to give my clients a competitive edge <laughs> in this economy with these taxes and regulations? <laughs> Listen, I got a mansion mortgage to pay for here. And lots of, uh, you know, like running these cameras 24-7. Yeah. Kind of runs up the bills. Yeah, and all of the payments and all of that. You know, being a sugar daddy. In this economy? a verified (laughs) sugar daddy. Yeah. And blue check mark and everything. Uh, And then they recap him getting the no-bid contracts for the PPE. Uh, State officials told the AP they were unaware of Greenspoon's pending assault charge when they contacted him. They would have, however, known about his 2015 prostitution arrest. Uh, While Greenspoon has been a major donor to various Iowa Republican candidates, including Kim Reynolds and Joni Ernst, his first contribution to Donald Trump came this February. He donated $15,000 to the Trump Victory Joint Fundraising Fund and maxed out to Trump's campaign committee. So 15000 to the Trump Victory Fund. So that counts for like three uh, female halves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Greenspoon's attorney did not respond to an email seeking comment on the matter. <laughs> uh, can you imagine representing that guy? <laughs> <laughs> he probably gets paid pretty well. Yeah, geez. That's so much money. Yeah, his representative probably knows the people in the Republican Party just as well as he does. (laughs) Yeah. This guy's on retainer from the Iowa GOP. (laughs) I don't really, I haven't seen any stories about uh, David Greenspoon since then, but uh, he is under investigation for possible child pornography as of about a month ago. So we'll hopefully hear more about him as uh as 2020 <laughs> progresses i look forward to it yeah and maybe you know 2022 when <laughs> kim reynolds is up for re-election uh, maybe david greenspoon will primary her <laughs> dear dear listeners please do yourself a favor and google image search david greenspoon iowa <laughs> one um <laughs> He definitely looks one out, yeah. Um, definitely looks like the epitome of sugar daddy. There's a picture of him with a really fancy looking car in front of his West Des Moines mansion. He has a, a hairstyle with an indeterminate part. <laughs> indeterminate part. <laughs> and then imagine him offering you $5,000 and asking if he will see you in Tampa. <laughs> All right, so as I said, we've got a lot of news to catch up on, so let me just move on to the next one. Uh, the derecho. We've got some more news about the government response to the derecho. This is a piece uh, published by KCRG on September 10th. This was written by Ethan Stein. And this this should be a quick one, but uh, it is, it is uh, kind of a bombshell in my opinion. 
Help was available for the people of Lynn County after the derecho on August 10th, but Lynn County Emergency Management declined it from other public agencies and private companies. According to emails uh, KCRG obtained through a public records request, Lynn County Emergency Management Coordinator Steve O'Konick denied relief efforts from other county emergency management agencies. The documents also show Okonek ignored relief efforts from different organizations and corporations while thousands of people were searching for food and shelter. Bro, Denny's was trying to help, bro. Denny's was trying to provide... <laughs> what, what, is, what is their signature? Fuck, I can't remember their yeah. signature Grand fucking breakfast. breakfast. Grand yeah. Slam! They're offering yeah. a Grand Slam for every fucking person in Cedar Rapids, and you turn them down. That's, that's a bummer, dude. That's a big bummer. Yeah. You've let these people down. Was Denny's actually offering help? Yes. I, I missed that. Wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think it's in the article. It better be in the article. Yeah. Don't shortchange Denny's, dude. I don't think Denny's specifically is mentioned in here. Oh, dang. No, it's true. Like, Denny's is actually going to, like, they were offering to provide meals, and apparently he, like, ignored them and, like, Jeez. didn't reply at all. <laughs> oh, no. It is in here. I'll get to it. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Great. <laughs> I've been to Denny's, like, three times in my life. How many Denny's are there even in Iowa? <laughs> like <laughs> two, maybe one, probably. Yeah. Uh, in one email, the Delaware County Emergency Management Coordinator offers to send staff to help recovery efforts for multiple days in Benton and Lynn County. But Steve Okonek, who is the coordinator for Lynn County's emergency management, denied the help. And this is a quote from Steve Okonek. I'm going to do my Steve Okonek voice now. We got whacked. <laughs> <laughs> No internet, no cell. We're on a generator, he said. I think we're good for now. (laughs) (laughs) Ashley and I have been watching a lot of The Sopranos, so I want to do like a Jersey Italian voice. Yeah. (laughs) In another email, an official from the breakfast chain restaurant Denny's reached out to Lynn County Emergency Management Agency in the immediate aftermath of the storm to offer cooked food to individuals affected by the storm. I gotta say, I'm disappointed in Perkins. Yeah, for real. There's so many of them around here. 24 hours, you think they could they could have been making that food 24 hours a day mm-hmm. for anyone who I'm wanted it. I'm telling you, Perkins is looking out for themselves. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we should have, you know, gotten the hint from the giant American flags. Outside of every person. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, they got the goddamn, you know, five times the original size American flags flying outside of all their restaurants. That could have easily become a tent for a homeless family. <laughs> for real. That's true. Like, we could have used those as tarps. We needed them. I'm so mad at this stupid Stephen O'Connick, former cop by the way. That's right, yep. In what universe does it make sense that people don't have power, some people don't have water, we got whacked. Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's true, they got whacked. (laughs) I I mean, I don't don't live there anymore. (laughs) Uh, Okonek never responded to the email uh, from Denny's. And the mobile food truck for disaster zones went to another location out of Iowa. So this is just something they have all the time, I guess. The Denny's rescue truck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe that's like a FEMA contract or something. (laughs) You know you're in good hands when you get into a car accident 
fly out the windshield <laughs> and then see the Denny's rescue truck that <laughs> comes by to pick you up. Okonek, who was hired back in February 2018, said he declined the help from the Delaware Emergency Management Agency because he didn't know what the county needed for its relief efforts at that point. It's your job. <laughs> he just sends an email. It's like, I don't know. We're not sure what we need. I would have so much more respect for him if he had said, I didn't get the email from Denny's because I have them signed to my junk mail because yeah. they were sending way too much information about the Grand Slam breakfast. <laughs> I anticipated the need for that, he said, but I also didn't have a way to a way to saying, oh yes, please come help us <laughs> because we need you. Have you tried saying that? Oh yes, please come help us because we need you. <laughs> have you tried that one? <laughs> What if they showed up and we didn't need them? <laughs> All right, well, I mean, I guess just like open the window and look outside and see if people need help. Yes, <laughs> Clearly the worst situation would be if they got here and they didn't have anything to do. Yeah. yeah. That's definitely like the, the, the least optimal. Yeah. yeah. Because your job as a public servant is to, you know, conserve resources as much as possible. <laughs> this is basically the same thing that... Uh, Cedar Rapids Mayor Stella's dad uh, said in regards to the National Guard, he was like, well, we don't know if we need them. So, What do you have to say for your dad, Stella? <laughs> <laughs> My estranged father, it's important to say. <laughs> but are you doing enough to tell him that he's bad? <laughs> I would like to go on the record that Brad Hart and Rita Hart have no blood relation to me. <laughs> Um, thank you very much (laughs) my real dad was walking through cedar rapids with his chainsaw i'm sure he both him and my mom were asking for help from anyone who would listen my mom especially was a very active member of the cedar rapids derecho storm resources facebook group she was in there starting shit every single day Yeah, your mom joined us on the front of the posting wars. It is really beautiful oh, yeah. to watch the front lines. your like, close relatives become posters. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have internet for like 12 days, but um, her car, she has like a newer car, and it had a Wi-Fi signal. So she would get in there, <laughs> drive around, and post on Facebook. And uh, she told me one of her posts went viral. It had like 60 likes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they say here that um, Oconek's response occurred the following day after the storm. So <laughs> this was the next day he was saying, I don't know if we need help. When he was like there, he could see it again. Just look out the window. Oconek said it's the job of non-government organizations, particularly United Way, to organize volunteer efforts rather than <sighs> the emergency management coordinator who is doing other jobs. <laughs> Oh, my God. I was busy doing other things. <laughs> Actually, you Putting know what? Putting like, poly walnuts in some cement <laughs> shoes. Yeah, now that I'm doing the voice and the way that he's talking about this. Mm, hey, I, I was taking like... some bribes. Flood uh, flood recovery. <laughs> this guy may be involved in other business if you catch my drift. <laughs> yeah, he's already got a bunch of no-bid contracts ready for... <laughs> 
for the next flood. It seems to me like the Lynn County Emergency Management Office is is much like the uh, waste management consultants. (laughs) (laughs) He had other jobs to do. He did acknowledge there are ways his department can improve. (laughs) They don't go into detail, so I assume that that was basically a direct quote from him. Yeah, there are ways we can improve. Uh, Sincerely, (laughs) Steve O'Connick. Yeah. (laughs) Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> uh, and then the rest of the article, uh, they kind of give credit to Raymond Siddle, who created that uh, aforementioned Iowa Derecho Storm Resource Facebook page, and was and actually still is running the uh, volunteer coordination uh, and <laughs> supplies volunteer and donation hub in a. Like almost in Marion in Cedar Rapids, that guy's uh, cool. He stepped up where obviously the government and uh, non-governmental organizations <laughs> failed. <laughs> I mean, clearly, if we can't count on the government, then non-governmental organizations will be able to step in and provide all of the services that the government uh, is uh, supposed to provide. You know, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. It's a beautiful system. That's what NGOs are for. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you say, Justin, that he was just like, well, if no one else is going to do it, I'll have some sort of volunteer relief efforts or something to that effect? Yeah, basically. Uh, I think he gave interviews uh, to that effect as well. Like, you know, I guess somebody should do something. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. he just, uh, I don't know if that guy has like any prior experience doing stuff like this, but it seems like he's doing really well. I was expecting some rich benefactor to give these organizations a lot of money expressly for the purpose of cleaning up the derecho. I don't know what I was expected to do differently. <laughs> Their fault for not stepping up to the plate. <laughs> yeah. So I, it seems like every time any more uh, information comes out about the days following the derecho, uh, the people in power are just going to keep looking worse. <laughs> Every time we find out more about what they were up to that week. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's in, it's just so inexcusable, especially in a place like Cedar Rapids, which I feel like has some sort of catastrophic natural disaster. You live in a cursed years. city. <laughs> Your city is cursed by blood. <laughs> I got out of there when I knew <laughs> it was right. That's what's wrong. Evan left and everything just collapsed. Hey, I lived through the flood. My uh, uncle lost his house and he and his annoying ex-wife had to live at our house for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) And I had to park on the street in a different spot because my uncle had to go to work. That was your Vietnam. And my neighbors got mad and they put a sticker on my car, the cops did, that said, you have to move your car. (laughs) Targeted harassment. (laughs) Did I tell you that happened with uh, my grandma's old car, Evan? No, I don't think so. Okay. When my parents moved to their current place, which was in spring 2012, which is like really close to where you used to live, my grandma's old car was like an old piece of shit, like barely running, and she was getting- Oh, my car was a piece of shit <laughs> at the time. <laughs> the same piece of shit that everyone knew knew, knew me for in high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With spinners, 94 Ford Escort just rusted to shit, like every 94 Ford Escort. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My grandma's car was a Buick, I believe. It's been a while. Uh, but yeah, also rusting and uh, had duct tape holding pieces of it on. <laughs> <laughs> 
But she was getting to a point where she couldn't drive anymore, so we were going to scrap the car. In the meantime, it was parked in front of my parents' new house for just a few days, waiting for the people to come tow it away. And uh, yeah, we got one of those stickers from the cops as well. And I was like, oh, cool. So it's this kind of neighborhood. Yeah, that was an interesting neighborhood. Uh, It was very higher income than my family were. We probably had the cheapest house on the block, but we got like nasty notes from our neighbors next door about like our yard and how it had like dandelions in it and shit. (laughs) They were like trying to pay for our lawn, uh, their, their lawn company to come and do it for us. And we were like, my dad was like way too prideful to ever (laughs) accept that. And so we were just like mad at them and it, it was a good time. Yeah. There's a kind of similar dynamic, uh, in my parents' neighborhood. My dad is not a real big fan of lawn care. But uh, I think I think their neighbors are a little bit more like the silent, uh, resentful types. <laughs> Dude, when we bought that house, the backyard was a complete jungle, which is probably one of the reasons why I didn't sell. And because yeah. it was just like a generic ass house, like every room painted white and just, just generic. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the, the yard was completely overgrown and just ridiculous when we got there. Yeah. And we improved it a lot. So it was just like... <laughs> well... As promised, uh, I'm going to move on from the news and give you a little bit of uh, opinion. The two pillars of our podcast, news and opinions. (laughs) (laughs) You know, our own opinions are just constantly present throughout the podcast, but we often also criticize the opinions of others, and that's what we're going to get into now. Uh, Do you guys remember Todd Blodgett? Uh, Yeah, he's the fucking spook. He's right. the spook yes. who was a white supremacist who then got, allegedly a white supremacist, who then got assigned to investigate white supremacists as an inside agent. <laughs> right, right. And he worked in the Reagan White House, right? Yeah. Yep, that Allegedly too. a white supremacist again. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, formerly. <laughs> yeah, he first came up on our episode with uh, Carrie Hernandez way back uh, before... We all got a virus. God, that was a fun time, man. Bernie won the Nevada caucus. That's right. Yeah. Someone on Twitter mentioned our episode uh, with when we went after Sally Albright. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in that, I like listened to a couple snippets of it, and basically in that one, I like pissed on. I compared Joe Biden's campaign to Marco Rubio. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh man. Damn! Imagine if Marco Rubio had been able to pull off that kind of comeback. I'm so naive. <laughs> Forgive me. Imagine if the re- entire Republican Party had lined up behind Marco Rubio. <laughs> I uh, I, underestimate, I underestimated the pure political potency of Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> he did it all on his own, too. Yeah, he did it, it was, on. It was all all his, his joint. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Todd Blodgett, uh, we first, he first came into our orbit with his Des Moines Register op-ed uh, defending Michael Bloomberg's history of stop and frisk as mayor of New York City. And uh, then I dug into his background a little bit, found that he had been a business associate of Nazis and uh, white power record labels for a while. And then, yeah, as mentioned, he became an FBI informant. Well, he's at it again. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So this is a piece he wrote for a news website called NorthIowaToday.com. Uh, you guys familiar with this uh, this news source? <laughs> <laughs> Can't say I am. Yeah. So uh, this is uh, just to briefly touch on this uh, website. 
Uh, just, you know, looking at its homepage, uh, I'm going to lean on the side of not a credible news source. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, looks like, you know, somebody designed this on on a computer in 2003 or so and oh, nev- never updated it. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> the different sort of head, uh, what is the word I want? The different uh, subjects, different headlines, places you can go on the website uh, top stories, world, sports, business, politics, crime, obits. Those are all standard fare for a local <laughs> news website. Then you get one called jail. <laughs> so there was crime already, but there's a, an additional category just called jail. It's probably like bookings, though, which is, yeah, pretty standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's where they post all of the, the mug shots, which is everyone's favorite. Uh, and then the last category is uh, it's called whiners with an apostrophe. <laughs> Weiner apostrophe S. <laughs> <laughs> Was that what they call letters to the editor? <laughs> Weiners. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, <laughs> Enter the Weiners den and post your rants, raves, observations, news tips, and confessions. Uh, it's basically a comment section, but it gets its own column at the top of the, the homepage. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I clicked on it and... Mm-hmm. These comments are pretty <laughs> spicy. <laughs> are there like yeah. topics or is it just like a mess? It looks just like an unfiltered, just <laughs> like a message board. <laughs> oh no. Just by date or like time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. Um, and, you know, they, they do the news of the day. But uh, one thing to notice near the top of the homepage, they have a book review of Republican Crackhead, which is Todd Blodgett's book, uh, which came out over six months ago, uh, possibly longer ago than that. And the book review is still like pretty prominent, like near the top of the page on their homepage. So I'm thinking that uh, Mr. Blodgett has some kind of connection to NorthIowaToday.com. And uh, <laughs> when I get into this opinion piece, um, and if you think about, like, this guy gets pieces in the Des Moines Register, so why wasn't this one printed there and is instead here on NorthIowaToday.com? Well, the headline of Todd Blodgett's opinion piece that I'm about to read is called Kyle Rittenhouse, hero or vigilante? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Disgusting. <laughs> yeah, so this is this is the kind of shit that this uh <clears throat> former white supremacist uh can't get printed in more reputable uh newspapers. Uh let's just go for it. This is, Evan. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be, uh, yeah, I'm just uh sitting here contemplating. One of the worst things I will probably ever have read on the show to date yeah just before we get started how do you guys feel about kyle rittenhouse (laughs) well our two options here are hero or vigilante so (laughs) (laughs) Uh, clearly the only two options yeah pick one of those choose from hero or vigilante which you know (laughs) good or great (laughs) Just un- unquestionably good, or maybe a couple questions uh, questionably good. <laughs> Definitely not bad. Uh. <laughs> uh, I'd say he's more of a dumb kid who went to a community that was not his own to start problems, and he got a lot of problems in the process. Yeah. So, vigilante then? Yeah. <laughs> 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 <clears throat> 
<laughs> All right. Well, let's see what uh, Todd Blodgett has to say about Kyle Rittenhouse. And remember, this guy is not a white supremacist. Okay, he's uh, <laughs> he's proven that over the years. <laughs> he's, a, he's a former man with ties to white supremacy. <laughs> On August 25th, 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse left his home in Antioch, Illinois for the 20-minute drive to Kenosha, Wisconsin. A few hours later, the pro-police Trump supporter, armed with an AR-15, told the Daily Caller he was in Kenosha because, quote, people are getting injured. Our job is to protect businesses. He spent much of the day cleaning graffiti off of buildings and picking up garbage. Rittenhouse, who describes himself as a militia member, and in parentheses, no group claims him, is alternatively now viewed as a hero and villain. Well, that's not in the headline. You said vigilante. <laughs> I was supposed to say, does he think, is he like one of those Citizens United people who think that businesses are actually like people? Because <laughs> I... Yeah, that was, that was interesting that he said, um, there's people getting injured here. We're here to protect the business. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Uh, he's been charged with murder after shooting dead two men and wounding a third. Uh, his lawyers, he squeezed off rounds in self-defense. Ah, uh, he was attacked. He A claim video appears to support. Uh, so I'm going to say there's no editor here at Iowa or NorthIowaToday.com. <laughs> his lawyers, he squeezed off rounds in self-defense. Ah, uh, he was attacked. Okay. We'll just accept that at face value. Uh, Kenosha business owners pleaded for concerned citizens to help defend their businesses because the police were constrained from so doing by Democrats whose duties include ensuring public safety. Rittenhouse, who is certified as an EMT, (laughs) oh my god, (laughs) decided to answer their call and showed up locked and loaded. Okay, so at the end of paragraph one, I will say Todd Blodgett seems to be setting up Kyle Rittenhouse as a sympathetic figure. Did any businesses even get fucked up? Like, I think if they had, then there would probably be a lot of, you know, people of Todd Blodgett's ilk who would probably be, like, fundraising for them or, Mm -hmm. you know. But I'm pretty sure, yeah, there must have been minor damage at best to any Mm -hmm. sort of business. Hmm. Yeah, for some reason, uh, the kid that shot and killed people may have overshadowed any potential damage to businesses, in most people's eyes anyway. I just got pepper sprayed by a person in the crowd, he told a journalist before the shootings began. Later, a cop tossed water bottles to the 17-year-old and his companions, saying, We appreciate you guys. We really do. That's so fucked up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Shortly thereafter, Joseph... Jojo Rosenbaum tried to intimidate Rittenhouse. Jojo, who was convicted of Class 3 felony child sex abuse, racked up 42 disciplinary infractions while incarcerated in Arizona after being sentenced to 12 and a half years for two counts of illegal sexual sexual contact with a minor. Okay, yes, the person that uh, this 17-year-old murdered has a criminal record. Uh, Not a great guy. Not really relevant to uh, whether he should be shot in the street (laughs) by a random citizen with a gun. Video shows him aggressively taunting the volunteer law enforcers. Volunteer law enforcers. (laughs) Volunteer law enforcers. Jesus. Repeatedly, he said, shoot me, N-word. And then it's actually in brackets, N-word. I can't, like, I'm surprised that Todd wouldn't just type it out. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly he would be able to get away with it on the fucking North yeah. Iowa whatever. <laughs> yeah. 
that might mean that there actually is an editor. Yeah, he just like con- control F, uh, and then he goes through a list of racial slurs and makes sure to edit those. Well, out, I think but... probably with his past, there's probably a little voice in the back of his head, very weak. Yeah, sad little voice. <laughs> there's <laughs> <Just> saying <laughs> you can't do it here. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna derail the whole mission if you do this. Yeah, in order to keep you know straddling. Or, you know, crossing every other line, you have to not cross this one line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The one, the only one that's, like, clearly marked out. <laughs> <laughs> After someone else fired a gun into the air, Jojo lunged at Rittenhouse and threw what's said to be a Molotov cocktail, and then in parentheses, gasoline bomb, at him. And we know what a fucking Molotov cocktail is. <laughs> Citation needed? Right. Yeah, the only evidence that I've actually seen is that a plastic bag was, was thrown at Kyle Rittenhouse. <laughs> Rittenhouse tried to retreat, but JoJo chased him. Again, none of this was actually on video. He's yeah, saying I wonder that the why. video exonerates him, but it's like only the video after he'd already killed the guy. Yeah, th- this part where people not are trying to like get not let him get away with it, mm-hmm. and he shoots them in retaliation. Yeah, mm-hmm. the young Trump fan then accommodated JoJo's demand, but he was civil about it. <laughs> what? Yeah, let, let me just finish this because it's disgusting. As he fired, he didn't say. Okay, if you insist. Incidentally, Rittenhouse and those he shot are either white or were. So this is straight up just Todd Blodgett celebrating the deaths of these people. Yeah, it's pretty despicable. Making cheeky little jokes about it. Yes, he accommodated the demand. Clearly the man deserved to die because... Mm Of one thing he said. In he a said, moment. shoot me. He said, shoot me. So then it's legal and uh, totally defensible to shoot him, right? It's also interesting that Blodgett gravitates toward the fact that he, well, he was white. <laughs> yeah. So out of character for, for Todd Blodgett, I mean, mm-hmm. to focus on that. He was civil about it. Yes, he civilly murdered a man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's just sick. Many Democrats don't understand that Kyle Rittenhouse, or someone similar, was inevitable. Mm, I mean, I would agree with you there. His reasoning for it, though. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here, folks. Justin Comer (laughs) endorses (laughs) Todd Blodgett's interpretation. I endorse that sentence in a vacuum. (laughs) 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 Because as Blodgett goes on, I agree with him less and less. These destructive leftist rioters and looters and their supporters, which include elected Democrats, bear full responsibility for his appearance and actions. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. That's why we have such a huge white supremacist fucking neo-Nazi influenced, like, problem in this country. Like, seriously, it's been like... The Obama administration, there was a report that said that, like, right-wing terrorism was, like, the biggest threat to the country as far as, like, terrorism. Yeah. And they threw a fit about it, and (laughs) they reacted by, like, shuttering the report and, like, disbanding all of the people who were assigned to it. Yeah. And, yeah, the Obama administration. Sure, it's all because of the left-wingers that the right-wing threat in this country, you know, it's it's all their fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're driving that these guys are so fucking to murder threatened. People. It's like the, look what you made me do, kind 
kind of argument. Yeah. Look what you drove me to do. Yep. <laughs> and I I doubt Blodgett will get into this. So just a little background on Kyle. I mean, he's very explicitly saying that he empathizes with the shooter more than the people oh, who yeah. died. I mean, oh yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah. And he he places all of the blame on the protesters and anyone who supports them. Because this kind of reaction, what did you expect? It's totally your fault that you were killed. Blaming the victim, obviously. But um, a little background on Kyle Rittenhouse, because uh, Blodgett, of course, will only paint him in a sympathetic light. People found, including me, I found uh, Kyle Rittenhouse's sister's YouTube page in the immediate aftermath of the shootings. And there was a, a video that she posted, which I think the title was uh, Kyle Pretending to Be a Cop. And it showed Kyle when he was probably like 11 or 12. And uh, for him, pretending to be a cop meant uh, pointing a fake gun at the camera and just screaming, blam, 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 blam. And then saying, uh, pull over or something like that. So obviously, like something in this kid's life. uh, Oh, and there's also pictures of him like dressed as a cop at school. And like this, this was a kid who idolized cops and also playfully uh imitated cops just shooting the shit out of people suspects uh before you know giving them any sort of order to pull over so some influence in this kid's life uh pushed him in that direction and i i don't think it's uh protests that happened uh two months ago (laughs) In, in every other situation they'd be like oh this is just a kid like uh if it's nathan sandman mm-hmm the friggin' Sandman. <laughs> if it's him, then it's like he's a kid, which is like you know not entirely unfair, but like it's in, in this yeah. situation, it's like you know we're we're not gonna throw out we're, we're like gonna throw out that entirely that like you know like he's his brain is underdeveloped, he's impulsive, yep. like all of that shit, which I'm sure contributed to it. Like they're yeah, yeah. they're really. Like, for the most part, these protests are, hasn't been kill- shootings. I mean, there's been some. Like, there, I mean, the whole, um, what was the guy who got assassinated by the feds? Uh, I don't remember his name, but yeah, over on uh, Portland, right? He was a Portland guy? Yeah, he had shot a guy, uh, like a MAGA guy, and mm-hmm. then got uh, assassinated by the feds, pretty much. Yeah, like, yeah, according yeah. to, like, eyewitness accounts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I bring up what we know of Kyle Rittenhouse's background just to say that he had been pushed in this direction and basically groomed to do this by probably his parents and, you know, the whatever right-wing media he was consuming. I mean, consuming media when you're a child is different than when you're an adult, but yeah, he was was being set up to be this kind of person from a pretty He had age. no reason to be there. And these people want to put themselves yeah. in their shoes to do something that they would absolutely never do, which is actually go to one of these, you know, places where there was just a fucking racially charged police murder. Mm-hmm. But they want to put them, themselves in the sh- shoes of this 17-year-old kid. Yeah. And fucking play the vigilante. I mean, it's obviously... Is that the end of the article? Like, he doesn't say oh, no. both. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, and Blodgett, I think, is like late 60s, maybe. So he's, you know. He's a hero and a vigilante. Police I'm just for murder that. is a, a young man's game. So he is definitely fantasizing about being this guy and living vicariously through Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, rioters in Minneapolis, Portland, and other cities were lucky. Not so the three subversive, subversives blown away by Rittenhouse. 
And uh, yeah, the the protests in Minneapolis and Portland, uh, those those are the ones that get the most intense because the cops are the mm. most like yeah, and militia and guys. <laughs> I wouldn't say yeah. that like they're it's lucky. not like there are <laughs> confrontations and shit, but it's like I mean, for the most part, they've been relatively nonviolent, even though there's agitating forces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his use of subversives too. I feel like he's mm-hmm. telling on himself because. That means people like Kyle Rittenhouse are there to restore the natural order. Yeah. But what did these fools think would happen at some point? Americans don't want violent losers destroying private and public property, and many favor their eradication. Again, former (laughs) former white supremacist. Uh, Not only are you going to say that, you're going to use that word. Mm -hmm. To them, the lives of Countess Reductive... Props for clarity. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> clarity of message Let me, i'm just spitballing here it's a solution that i've come up with <laughs> one may say a, a final one <laughs> yeah i mean it is it is the most recent one i've come up with so currently it's definitely my final solution yes <laughs> <laughs> to them the lives of counterproductive destroyers of property aren't as valuable as what they're annihilating and looting and the culture they're trying to decimate this kid took action because elected Democrats disallowed the police from enforcing the law and protecting innocent citizens. I wonder if he actually did submit this to the Des Moines Register for... <laughs> yeah, my you know, theory is that this was declined, <laughs> rejected by... Yeah, uh, and the editor was like, man, I'm sorry, but you, you really can't just like condone <laughs> the yeah. murder of people. <laughs> <laughs> That's our one... Our one journalistic standard. <laughs> if, if you'd made it a little bit more obtuse. It's, yeah, more. it's not so much your message, but just, you know, the fact that you're, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. implying that violence is good. <laughs> this is the paper that publishes Joel Curtinitis. So, I mean, yes. right. like you can get away but with it. since October 2019. <laughs> I, I saw their tweet. Yeah. <laughs> after yeah he had had to get his shot in about how ruth bader ginsburg was going to hell <laughs> yeah she didn't convert on her deathbed as far as he knows he doesn't even know that she could have converted on her deathbed <laughs> we're allowed to call her a pigeon because ruth bader ginsburg friend of the pod joel curtinitis <laughs> has no leg to stand on in questioning whether she goes to heaven or not she was jewish <laughs> she doesn't even believe in heaven <laughs> His attackers weren't good Samaritans trying to prevent an incipient mass shooting, which clearly wasn't the teenager's objective. Oh, really? Clearly wasn't his objective? Maybe you'd think differently how if the many people, shots were in your direction. I'd like to posit, how many people do you think he was going there expecting to shoot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he, got th- he shot three people. Uh, what qualifies as a mass shooting, Todd? What do you think he was aiming for? Uh, when lack of effective law enforcement causes a void, vigilantes appear. What's amazing is how long it took, once the rioting commenced, for this tragedy to happen. An idea... Wait, tragedy? Wait, you think it's a tragedy now? Okay. Probably that this bright, young EMT's future <laughs> was affected by mm-hmm. his actions here. Mm-hmm. An idealistic young man made a sincere effort to protect innocent lives and property. In so doing, he was violently assaulted by three criminals. He defended himself effectively and with restraint. Readers who don't see it this way will have trouble understanding that this, now, is our new normal. 
Yikes. That's such <sighs> a call to action. Like yeah. the dog whistle with Once culture again, and everything. This this fucking asshole will not do any of the things that he's prescribing. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he's not gonna go to a single fucking protest. He'd be scared shitless. But yeah. he's gonna leave it up to like fucking Kyle Rittenhouse, like just like people who don't know any better. Like this guy's got a fucking you know career to maintain or whatever the fuck. <laughs> whatever he has, if it qualifies as a career, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the chilling part is thinking about all of the impressionable, you know, young people who will read this and see it as a call to action. Yeah. Todd Blodgett's, you know, giant audience. Not yeah, not that, that many people are gonna see it, probably. But fortunately yeah. he does that's not have fucking, that much of that's a, reach, a whopper. But, you know. Both of them. Uh yeah, he goes on to then continue uh smearing one of Rittenhouse's victims, you know. This guy also he did crimes in the past, so I I'll give you a direct quote. Rittenhouse's targets weren't model citizens, and their comeuppance was inevitable. Many Americans are actually rather pleased with what transpired in Kenosha. Oh my gosh. I mean, he's not wrong about that, but, uh, right. I mean, so fucked up. To you know, all the stuff about, like, the they deserved it. Trump breaking norms and all this shit. It's like, this does seem like something that, like, they wouldn't be this open about it in the past, I don't think. Like, this does yeah. seem like yeah. a thing that's, like, like in the fat past, like, you're, this guy's literally inciting violence. Mm-hmm. But, like, I feel like, and this guy, like, he's had a legitimate career, like, well, you know, quote unquote legitimate career, but, like, he's been to some places that have some sort of, like, like, he worked, he's an FBI agent, you know, mm-hmm. which many people will actually put credibility on. Yeah, he worked in the White House, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. But this yep. is just, this is like, I mean, it's a logical endpoint of the conservative rhetoric, but. It feels like in the past they went to a little bit more lengths to disguise it as, I I don't know. I guess this might not even be the case either, but I don't know. It's just pretty shocking. It kind of is. I mean... At least in my lifetime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He goes on to talk about like the the people that he imagines are supporting Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, He also, he mentions Ann Coulter and Tucker Carlson (laughs) speaking favorably of Kyle Rittenhouse. And then this paragraph... um, this is interesting. At the beginning of it, there's a, you know, the greater than symbol, like an arrow pointing right. Mm-hmm. That precedes what comes next. So I'm guessing I may be stretching a bit, but I'm just going to guess he copied this from a 4chan post. <laughs> <laughs> that or we should look it up and see if it's some sort of like signal in uh symbol you know for white supremacy or like something a like rallying that. cry for the alt-right coded yeah. message well uh, it sort of is for for anyone who's not familiar with how uh 4chan posts work if you begin a line with the greater than symbol whatever you type after that it appears on the screen as green text and that's supposed to be like an indication that you're quoting something else mm. <laughs> so it's like the only sincere parts of 4chan <laughs> right. <laughs> if you see the green, it's like trying to be sincere. I'm just going to say that he copied this from a 4chan post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what comes after the greater than symbol is, from every angle, every video shows Rittenhouse's shots to be in self-defense, which can exonerate him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't buy that. Uh, you know, continues calling people 
After all, his attackers were a pedophile, a wife-beater, and a professional anarchist. Karma is a bitch to avoid, but evildoers who keep up their ways can end up, one way or another, getting smashed by her. Really letting loose here. Now, I'm s- <laughs> I'm skeptical of anarchism as a political ideology, but how do you become a professional anarchist, exactly? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Can you imagine putting that on your taxes under occupation? <laughs> yeah. What sort of uh, decentralized organization pays you? <laughs> I think being a podcaster with Bitcoin. a Patreon is like the closest you can get to a professional yeah. anarchism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Especially if you get... Can you get paid out in Bitcoin and Patreon? I don't think you can. I don't think you can. I think it's just like PayPal. <laughs> Yeah, he really lets loose with like his word choice, his choice of language. Uh, like yeah. this is not the vocabulary of professional columnist. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna go back yeah. a little bit here, and he says, "But who chases an armed shooter who moments before had shot someone and then beats the dude on the head with a skateboard? That's even dumber than bringing a knife to a gunfight." Referring to someone as a dude. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think yeah. I see that often in the Des Moines Register. Confronting an armed shooter? Let's isn't that like your guys yeah. like the conservative That's fucking their fantasy? Dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Yes>. Like <laughs> these people are actual like heroes, yeah, I think, according yeah. to your um, I mean, I would say know. if you are you see a guy who's shooting at protesters and you approach him with a skateboard to hopefully disarm him or something, I would say mm-hmm. that that's a fairly heroic act. Yeah. Not allow, <laughs> try at least a try to not let yeah. him get away, you know, like yeah. seems like, yeah, pretty, uh, human, like good, like good mm-hmm. Samaritan type shit mm-hmm. that I probably wouldn't do. Cause I'm a coward. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the, like a difficult thing to will yourself into action Absolutely. in that kind of situation. Yeah. No, actually, I do really good in stress situations. I'd probably, I'd probably have completely disarmed him, <laughs> and then you know, sat on top of him till the cops came and arrested me. Have you guys me. seen? Have you seen that TikTok of um, that girl who basically it's just like a uh, excuse for her to dress in different period outfits, like from the '40s or '60s or '80s. It sounds like at least a third of TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> She's uh, talking about people would have been mad at me in the um, 1960s because I would have protested racism. And then in the 80s, I would have helped people affected by AIDS. It's just <laughs> the weirdest thing. I would have ended slavery myself if I had <laughs> yeah. been around back then. <laughs> controversial opinion but yeah no it's it's so self-serving um mm-hmm. i would have done the things we universally agree are <laughs> correct yeah. yeah in 2020 it's like trump saying he would have stopped the uh, parkland shooting if he had been present <laughs> or mark Wahlberg saying that he would have <laughs> stopped, stopped 9-11 <laughs> man what a what a guy yeah, of, uh, he's not the only one who wishes he was on that, <laughs> that plane. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, let me finish Todd's article here. He, he goes on a little bit longer. Since May, Americans have seen mayors and governors in multiple states allow violent protesters, looters, and arsonists to plunder, burn, and even kill. No citations, of course. In some cases, law-abiding taxpayers are moving out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's some sort of white flight going on. I don't know. 
Uh, but other citizens, even teenagers like Kyle Rittenhouse, won't only stand their ground, they'll take out the trash. Oh my god. These people don't even pay taxes. <laughs> Therefore, they deserve to die. If any violent perps try doing their thing in either of the two cities I call home, one in North Iowa, the other in East Texas... Uh, and I should have looked up his addresses and read them on the podcast, but I'll, I'll do that later. They'll last about as long as a cricket in a hen house. Yeah, okay, man. <laughs> <laughs> do these arrogant thugs and their clueless, pseudo-tough comrades realize that defending the police means that even more Kyle Rittenhouses will keep order, protect property and innocent lives, and enforce the laws? I wonder who he might be envisioning when he refers to arrogant thugs and their clueless comrades i wonder if there's any sort of uh color coding to the two uh descriptions there <laughs> hmm. who might he be imagining as thugs and who might he be imagining as comrades <laughs> such foolish lawless instigators of destruction don't know it but they've instigated a losing battle that's because the genie is now out of the bottle Nice wordplay there. Battle, bottle. We got a regular Dr. Seuss over here. <laughs> Would I shoot them in the street? <laughs> These creeps may yet end up like the passenger pigeon and the T-Rex. Pigeon. We got a callback. Pigeon. Wow. <laughs> and won't be missed by lawful, tax-paying, America-loving Americans. Oh, my Americans. God. He mentions taxpayers again. <laughs> again. Again, yes. God damn, In fact, dude. most people I've spoke to about this would love uh, to see them uh, gone uh, forever. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. It's the average yeah. age of the people you spoke to. <laughs> 104. An average race. Yeah, an average gender. Yes, a- average <laughs> uh, color palette. Uh, Though, to be fair, slush. I think age is a bigger predictor than gender. Mm-hmm. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> He's saying that the protesters have instigated a losing battle. Uh, I don't know about that. I would say maybe the instigating event may have been coming from the other side of this. Who started the violence? It's not think? even like, I don't know. I mean, there hasn't been any uh, Kyle Rittenhouse copycats since then. Yeah, fortunately. And it Thankfully, has been yeah, like I mean, a month, so. Yeah. Again, it's these people, they don't have any idea of actually solving the problems that would cause people to protest, but, you know, their only idea of a solution is to just, like, identify them as trash and then... <laughs> yeah, they sure do celebrate them. the violent retaliation. Does yeah. he mention anywhere, you know, what happened in Kenosha? No, I don't think oh, he not, said no. fucking Jacob Blake's name a single time. Yeah. yeah. No indication of why the people may have been out in the streets. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of comments on this article, and uh, there's a lot of uh, Stormfront-style comments, I would say. Are we heading, making a trip to the, making a trip to the winer's den for this one? <laughs> I'm going to leave a lot of these unread, I would say, but uh, <laughs> here's one that comes from Anonymous on August 30th at 8.22 a.m., and uh, I'll let them speak for me. This is the stupidest shit I've ever read in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> so credit to that anonymous I would commenter. Up that. Yes. Say <laughs> so not only is it stupid, but it's also incredibly evil. Yes. Yeah. Dangerous. Like even more so than most of this guy's articles. Yes. I think you're right. This is the worst thing that 
I feel like has been read. I think I think this is probably the it, like yeah, most I mean... openly evil piece of writing that I've read into a microphone probably in my life. Earlier, I was going to note, there was a couple sentences where your voice is just like dripping with <laughs> like, <laughs> like anger and disgust and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> One more thing from the comments, uh, I, and I, I can't confirm this myself, but uh, somebody does say that there's no way that Rittenhouse could have been a certified EMT because you have to be over 21 in Illinois <laughs> to be a certified EMT. <laughs> And I'd rather take the anonymous commenter's word for it than Todd Blodgett's, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the anonymous commenter probably actually looked it up. <laughs> right. <laughs> and doesn't have uh, defense of uh, murderer as a motivation. Hero or good guy, morally <laughs> ambiguous, but mostly good guy. Now that we've read it, yeah, maybe let's give our verdict here. Uh, hero or vigilante? What do you guys think? <laughs> Now that we've heard from Todd. Stick with my original assessment. <laughs> yeah. Piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. A dumbass uh, teenager with uh, some sort of violent power fantasies uh, acting on impulses that he had been, that had been, I guess, bred into him by whoever he grew up around. Yeah. And probably the show Cops and... Mm. America? America. Yeah. <laughs> that show, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Perkins Flags. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> A pretty large segment of American society <laughs> Yeah, made him this way. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, that part of the article has some truth to it, that there are a lot of people in America who do think that uh, Kyle Rittenhouse was some sort of heroic vigilante. And that's a big problem that I would love to solve. <laughs> Not going to happen uh, tomorrow, though. Well, that's a very evil note to end the show on, but I, I will say that I have acquired a copy of Todd Blodgett's book, Republican Crackhead, and you can expect some sort of uh, investigation into Todd's uh, somewhat autobiographical account of his life sometime in the future on this show. Well, with oh, a title like that, I can't wait. <laughs> It's very provocative, yeah. Yeah. Is this yeah. a, uh, are we in a Joseph Dobrian sort of situation with this? I've looked at it, I've looked at the book briefly, and I will say that it will probably provide just as much reason to dig deep as uh, Willie Wilden did. So it'll probably be a situation like that, yes. But, I mean, that's the meat of the show today. Uh, Stella, Evan, thank you for joining me tonight. Do you guys have any parting words? Uh, cheers. <laughs> uh, fuck Todd Blodgett. Mm -hmm. I was going to tell you guys that, you know, I feel like every time I'm on this show, you ask, like, how's it going? Or we do some sort of report on, like, how we're doing and things just get progressively worse. And <laughs> I feel like my answers have been pretty depressing. And so when you asked me to come on the show, I was like, well, you know, things have been going pretty well. Um, and then... Uh, you need to be knocked down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> help with that. But I got like some sort of... Something bit me on the neck. I have this weird like sore on the neck. Um, and I am hoping Dracula? that I figure out... <laughs> <laughs> I think it was more like a spider or some kind of insect, but... I'm sure I'll know for sure when I develop powers. Oh, yeah. 
reminiscent of whatever creature it was a kissing bug which can also be a hickey bug (laughs) (laughs) oh man it's definitely actually those are really bad kissing bugs carry that chagas disease or whatever they're probably not this far north but it's yeah it's not good yeah it's like a tropical disease that keeps getting further and further north every year by these little little bugs that like to kiss they like Mm. to kiss each other they're really cute but then they (laughs) carry disease and pestilence and sad yeah we don't need any more of that yeah uh i thought i was gonna say something (laughs) oh yeah yeah. so uh the (laughs) the uh general election debate is coming up i imagine that will probably be the next episode of rock heart caucus so look forward to that i'm certainly not it's like a throwback to our old days yeah Yeah, for real we haven't even delved into it for any like electoral politics for the longest time (laughs) Yeah, it's been it's been rough to even think about. So, <laughs> honestly, not that, not that today's subject matter wasn't rough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Honestly, I feel like I've reached a state of like ennui where I can't really like things just get worse, and it's just like, oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's like it must suck to be like a like normal person who doesn't follow this shit anyway, you know? And they're like, yeah. oh shit, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. To me, it's yeah. like, well, yeah. I never really had that much institution or much faith in the institution of the Supreme Court to begin with. Like, no. she was yeah. generally represented in my views better than most of the yeah. justices there. But it's like, I don't yeah. know. It's not. It's not as big of a shock to the system as for some people. It's like mm-hmm. I already. I mean, not that it's that's good. I sympathize with people who are upset about it. It's not like it's not upsetting, yeah. but no, totally. Like I have empathy for them, but I think at this point, like it's kind of just so absurd and surreal that things can get so much worse and they just increasingly do and all of this was riding on this poor like very old woman like yeah, surviving who had cancer like 10 who times had multiple forms yeah. of cancer and she was trying her best like the thing that makes me the angriest is thinking about her last few days on earth just being tortured with the idea of Trump replacing her with, you know, Brett Kavanaugh too. Mm-hmm. And like, she couldn't like reflect on her life or the things that she'd accomplished. She has to just be agonizing over like what her death means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, she shouldn't have yeah, officiated I that mean, wedding three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 she chose her thing, you know, it's like, I don't know. I I don't. I I can't put myself in other people's shoes. Did you guys hear she was smoking cigars right up until her death? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I didn't think so. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that would have been cool. I would have, yeah, that would have gained a little tiny bit of respect (laughs) from me. She was ripping huge bond hits. Yeah, that would gain a little bit more respect, you know. (laughs) Should have retired four to 12 years ago. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like, you know, like we all want to like I don't know, there's the whole like liberal thing of like worshipping certain po- political figures as being like better people than we are, but you know, I kind of think as with many like lifelong politicians like that, you know, judge I guess is not technically a political position, but get real. Yeah. Um <laughs> It does attract sort of self-centered people, and I think she did sort of buy into her own mythology, hence seeing, like, the mm-hmm. wedding officiating thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's totally 
And she thought Hillary would win, which, like, who could blame her? I thought Hillary would win. You know, everyone did. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I wish she would have stepped down for the, you know, like when, when Obama could have appointed someone. But I don't know. This is just the way it played out. It obviously just shows, you know, the fractures in our political system, you know, <laughs> like they're, they're everywhere, you know. Yeah. It's like, it's a ridiculous, it's a lifetime appointment. Like, give me a break. <laughs> Who de- who designed this thing? <laughs> yeah, some racist dipshit with syphilis. Yeah. <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> well, that's a good place to leave it, I think. Uh, some racist dipshit with syphilis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Good. <laughs> Should be the episode I title. I can picture the Perkins flag <laughs> waving in the background as you say that majestically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, check out our website for more of what we have to offer. It's rockhardcock.us. Uh, you may think that that's dirtier than it is from the way that it sounds when you say it out loud, but it's just the way that you spell our show, but you put a dot before the U.S. Rockhardcock.us. And we also have a Patreon if for some reason you would like to give us money because you enjoy our material. That's but I, I'm at not gonna sugardaddymeat.rockhardcock.us. That's right, that's right. And a little personal plug, I've also revived my music podcast recently. It's called I Hear I See. You can find that at IHearIC.com. There's not much going on in the local music scene, so that's kind of been dormant for a while. But uh, I found a way to kind of make it a little bit relevant again. So if you want to hear me talking less less about politics and more just about uh, creative endeavors... Check it out. I hear I see. Yeah, I hear I see as an I and the letter C, like Iowa City. That's right. It's, I it's guess a it's very a, clever pun. It's not quite as obvious to a general audience, so right. thank you for clarifying. <laughs> Trying to earn you those half dozen at most views. That's right. <laughs> All right. See you later. Thanks for listening. Good luck. <laughs> good luck. That's good. That's good. <laughs> when I was a little bitty boy, my grandmother bought Oh